I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to season two of That Gabby Roslin Podcast, back with more absolutely blooming fantastic guests. I have adored Cynthia Erivo for years and have loved watching her career flourish. We chat about her incredible work on stage in The Colour Purple, her Oscar-nominated performance in the film Harriet, and her phenomenal performance in the series called Genius, in which she plays Aretha Franklin. And she tells us the most incredible story about when she actually met Aretha Franklin. Plus, her friendship with Michaela Cole, who gave her her first speaking role on television in the show Chewing Gum. We talk about her debut children's book called Remember to Dream, Ebera, which is out on the 28th of September. Her incredible album, Chapter One, Verse One, is out on the 17th of September, and it's unbelievably beautiful, and her starring in the upcoming film, Pinocchio. Trust me when I say, listen right to the end, because I promise you goosebumps when she sings. Please, can I ask you a favour? Would you mind, please, following and subscribing, please, by pressing the follow or subscribe buttons, please. This is completely and utterly free, by the way. And then you can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts, which is the purple app on your iPhone or iPad. Simply scroll down to the bottom of all of the episodes and you'll see the stars where you can tap and rate And also, please write a review. Thank you so much. How many pleases was that? Probably too many, but please, thank you. Hiya. Yes, beautiful girl. (laughs) How wonderful to be talking to you again. Hi. (laughs) Do you know... I just worked out because mm-hmm. I was going through everything. So the first time you made me cry, we will explain this to everybody, was eight years ago. Oh, my goodness. Because you were doing, oh, my word, you were doing The Colour Purple. Should we tell everybody how we know each other? Go on. So uh, there was a, a concert for an HIV and AIDS charity um, in Covent Garden and you sung. Yes. And you sung live. And I made you do it again Yes, <laughs> at the concert. And then you, you made me cry. And I said, right, tomorrow I do a live radio show. Will you come into the show? And you went, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I came in, yeah. And I did, did I ask, did I, do like a, a, did I do like a Christmas song or something? What yeah, you did. What was I singing? You did Silent Night. Yeah, yeah. 
That sounds about right. Yeah. And we called your mum. We oh yes, we did. Yes. We? How is she? She's good. She's good. You know, she walks every single day and her minimum is ten thousand steps a day. And she good loves girl. it. So she does it every day and she I always get like an update of how much she's been walking and it's really cool. I'm just really proud of her for like taking, you know, the the initiative to just keep moving and keep going and she walks all across London and finds sites and, you know, gets out and she's just, you know, now she's retired, she's just taking like life by the horns and taking care of herself. It's really cool. Will you send her my love, please? Because she was a nurse, wasn't she? Yes, yes, she was. She was a health visitor. Oh, bless her. She was so lovely. We called her up live on air and she got so, she was so excited to be hearing you sing live and then, okay, go (laughs) forward eight years. I can't imagine her excitement for what's happened to you in those eight, I mean, it's, it is incredible. I, I, it's really weird. Um, there are certain times, so I've been doing, um, my job for 35 years and in the 35 years, there are certain things that stick out and, uh, and you are one of them. And that's why we've kept Thank in you. touch. But I did, I remember looking at you straight in the eye and saying, you have no idea what a huge star you're going to be. And you were so humble and so sweet and so lovely and you just went, oh, that, thank you, thank you. Well, it, I've decided it's all thanks to me saying that, that this is what's happened. <laughs> you know what, it's, it's so strange because, like, every day there's, like, a moment where I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is my life, this is what's happening. Because some of it was, yes, part of, like, a dream, and some of it I didn't see coming at all. Um, and so I'm sort of always grateful, always thankful, and and always open to whatever else might come. Um, And hopefully I get to, I think the thing now is also being able to help other people. um, You've always been like that. See their dreams. Yeah. It's just because I I don't really know how else to be. You know what I mean? I I think that I've I've been lucky enough to have some wonderful people in my life who've been there, who've encouraged me, who've who've helped. And so I, I feel like I'm indebted to those people and the duty is to pass that along, you know? That's exactly what was so magical. And that's what made you made uh, me cry when I first heard you sing. And I will clear up. It was because you sung live and I'd, I rem- and that's why I asked you to repeat it straight there again, which I've never done before or since. Yeah. And it was because you, you felt those words you were singing. You, you connected yeah, to the always. audience, but you cared. And yeah. in everything you've done since, you just, you care. And I'm not yeah. trying to blow smoke up your bum. I really am not. You really care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I do. I, and and uh, I'm really specific about the things I choose to sing. I'm really specific about where and how, um, because, you know, you only have one moment to connect with people. So if you, if you get on stage and you don't care and you don't like what you're singing, you don't, mean what you're saying, then you've wasted an opportunity to connect with people that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to meet or have conversation with. And so, yeah, I care very much so. Now with the colour purple, I mean, it went from the Mernier here in London over to Broadway yeah. and then you, yeah. you won all the awards and everything. And, um, <laughs> but, but was that the moment that life changed? Yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. My life changed the moment I touched the Broadway stage. It was so crazy because I was really just happy to do the menu 
the, the the play at the menu. I really fought for that. That was, that was like my thing. I I fought really hard for it. I had um, my agent bothering everybody, the casting director, the um, artistic director, the, like bothering everybody at that time. And for a minute, they wouldn't see me. And then a friend of mine, Jason Pennycook, um, then seemed to, I think he knew that the, the artist director and said hey there's this girl you should see her she might be great for this part and I went in and I did my job and I, I just I really wanted to do that show at the May Chocolate Factory I didn't know what would come afterwards and then when we hit the Broadway stage it, my life just changed I went from that straight into to a film it was crazy but also uh, did so who all sorts of incredible people came to see you on stage didn't they yeah yeah yeah, all sorts, all sorts. It was crazy. <laughs> Name drop because it is amazing. Um, so we, uh, we well, uh, Miss Aretha Franklin came to see the show. Yes, that's what I was hoping you were going to say. Yes, yes. Aretha came. Cicely Tyson came to see the show. Um, who else? I think Whoopi came to see the show at one point. Yes, she did. Um, uh, Fantasia Barino came to see the show. Uh, Steven Spielberg came to see the show. Oh my god! Um, it was nuts. It was, it was crazy. It was really crazy. There were a lot of people that came to see the show, to, and and I was always surprised because I I told them never to tell me if anyone was in the house, just because I didn't want anyone to be there. And like I didn't want to know because it would make me nervous. So I'd rather just do it for the house. And if someone happened to be there, wonderful. If not, okay, I could just keep moving. So that's it. Was just a trip, an absolute trip. So to have Aretha Franklin, obviously we're going to go to Aretha uh, and you playing yeah. her, um, we'll, we'll talk about that later on, but having Aretha come and see you and then you playing her, I mean, that that just must blow your mind. I mean, it, it was it extraordinary to meet her. It was because she was also really like jovial and funny and she made a joke when I came into the room and she sang like a line of my song back at me, which was wild because <gasps> there's Aretha Franklin singing the last line of the song, I'm here back at me and, and telling me I can sing. And it was just amazing. And then, you know, it was that sort of short meeting. I had, there's a, a, we took a picture and I looked crazy in it because I had just come <laughs> on stage and I was so like, oh my goodness, what's happening? And then I saw her again at the Kennedy Center Honors um, and she was in the audience singing and I didn't realize, and I tell the story just because it blows my mind. Um, when they panned to the audience and panned to her, she was singing along with her eyes closed, you know, sort of in the music and I'm singing. And here's the thing, Miss Aretha Franklin does not need to sit through anybody singing if she does not want to. And the idea that she was sitting through me singing and singing along was awesome. I actually later realized that she also had done a version of The Impossible Dream. So it was just really cool to to sort of like, it feels like a full circle to be able to, you know, tell her story as well. It, it It's a huge honor to be able to to tell, be a part of her storytelling. And what's so incredible is that that from, from The Color Purple and she came to stage and then all those years later doing the show and what happened in between as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, so uh, tell me if this is not your quote, because I picked this this out of all the, the stuff I was reading. And it said, that, and this is your quote, apparently, the biggest dream is never too big. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Biggest dream is never too big. I love that. Yeah, because I think sometimes we are scared of um, dreaming big. And I know that sounds like the most cliche 
uh, phrase, but it but it's a true thing. We're, we're afraid of having big aspirations and big thoughts because they might not come true. But I think that it's it's stopping ourselves from doing that that mean that that allow us to not see it. And when you can see something, when you can see it in your head really clearly, then it has to be possible. It's, it's definitely possible with hard work, so long as it's not harming anyone and it's not harming you. If if it's a dream that you you want to to see come true, then dream it, see all the detail in it, see all the things that you want want about it and, and make it happen. I think there's there's always a way to make your dream come true. Yeah, always. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I want to go to, to Harriet because... So you got the you got the nominations, you got the Oscar, you know, the uh, and then that song stand up, which we were playing while we were waiting for you to come online. We were all listening oh, to it, yay. and your new <laughs> album, and your new songs, the yeah. good and alive. We were yeah, listening yeah. to all three while we were waiting to, for you. Yay. But um, that Harriet, just what a what a story! Why did it take so long for that to come to to, to on onto film? Why do we all still know so little of her until we see that film? I mean, I find that incredible. Right. But you, it's as if you were born to play her. I mean, it was, you were Thank phenomenal. You. Thank you very much. It's really kind. Um, I don't know why it's taken so long. I think that, I think for, for a long time, um, historical figures, black historical figures have sort of been a little bit erased from history, even though they've done so much. Specifically, Harriet, who who really is a part of of the thread of history, um, she has a, a huge um, legacy behind her that doesn't just consist of, and I say just because it, as if it's a small thing, but it is not. Doesn't just consist of of saving the lives of people who were enslaved. She was a part of the uh, of the Union Army. She was a part of the suffrage movement. She was a part of women's women's rights she's like 
and then continued on to create a home where people could stay when they were displaced. She she lived into her 90s, which is very, very rare for someone who was born in the 1800s. But she lived until she was 91 years old. Um, and, and so she, her, her life was colourful and fruitful and, and definitely is a tale that should have been told a long time ago. It's just sometimes these stories... Um, aren't given the importance that that they deserve. Um, I'm hoping that this that the film I did only sort of opens the doors to to tell more of her story because there's about from where we left off there's about a good forty odd years to talk about after that, um, and it, and it's an important forty years because she did quite a bit of work in that time. Um, and I hope I, I I hope that more stories like that get get told. You know. Because often, unfortunately, p- black people and people of color are not the ones writing the histories books. They're not the ones giving the facts. They aren't, and they aren't the ones being asked for facts or asked for the stories, asked for those for those tales. And and so we, they get missed altogether. All you see what I'm saying? And I think that once once access is given to to all of us who have the stories from our specific history that we can start learning about all people's histories you know yes and I think that's the that's the thing that's the most important thing what you want them to do is not make another film for at least 10 years and then you do the next one no no yes I don't know I, I, yes I, I would like to see oh, no I don't want to wait 10 years for no that. no no I mean I 10 years for her now. life more of her life that's what oh, I mean 10 years more of her life well yeah I mean I I think there is someone out there who can tell the next 10 years of her life. That's what I think. You're sharing it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important. Yeah, man, I think these, I think the more points of view of this story that we can have, the, the more, um, I don't know, full it becomes, you know? Oh, I completely agree with you. And I find it so shocking that it wasn't told before. But, you, I mean, it, it was incredible. But also that song, Stand Up, it it gets me so deep inside my soul. I can't explain when when I start hearing it. There's music does that, and music does yeah. that to you, yeah. doesn't it? Yes, it does very much so. Yeah, yeah. It's very much like a. I say it's a second language, but I think it's on par with my first language. Um, it's just I I feel like music is a really special way to communicate with people who might not otherwise understand you. Like I know that someone in Brazil or someone in Germany or someone in South Africa is singing this song. And for some reason, they all understand the meaning of it. They all understand the importance of it. Um, and that's, that is the importance of music. For me, it really is a communication tool. It's a storytelling tool. It's something that allows me to access the hearts and minds of other people who who otherwise might not understand who I am and we might not understand each other but for that music I think it's I think it's a special thing and I I've never taken it for granted I never will um it's a very for me it's a a really precious tool for myself to to just use and and speak and communicate and tell stories and your voice, your voice is extraordinary. Did you sing stand up at the Hollywood, I mean, excuse me, the Hollywood Bowl? I'm just going to say it again. 
You played the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> I did, yeah. I didn't sing stand up though. I didn't. I, I sang a couple of my other songs. Um, and I have to say that that concert was one of the most incredible experiences I have ever had in my entire life. Tell me everything about it. Tell me everything. It just was amazing. I, I um, grabbed the help of an incredible musical director, um, Ricky Minor, who came on board helped me orchestrate the thing, helped me grab the band that I needed, the backing vocalist that I needed, the music that I needed. Um, I got the help of an incredible florist, or he's, I mean, he essentially creates installations using flowers. And um, his name's Maurice. He runs a company called Bloom and Plume, and he's wonderful. And so he created like a little um, stage for me. So there's the big Hollywood ball stage, and then on that stage, he created a little podium that had Moroccan rugs and wildflowers all around it. Baby's breath, like an arch behind me. And it was just amazing. My stylist found this incredible, these incredible pieces. One was by Alexander McQueen. The other was by Ashi Studios. And they were both florals. And they it all just sort of worked. And it was beautiful. And if you imagine that... The Hollywood Bowl is is one, yes, an iconic place, but it's beautiful because it's outdoors and it's at night and the air was really warm, so it felt really good. And I just had the most amazing time. You have the LA Philharmonic behind me who's, wow. who's who play wonderfully and Thomas Wilkins, who's an incredible conductor who just understands music implicitly and it just it just was wonderful. It just was wonderful. I felt so completely connected and so grounded and so um, present in it uh, that I just, it just was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, I can just, it's sort of giving me chills, you talking about it, because Hollywood Bowl, and there I was talking about the Oscars, and these moments are do you you don't like you said you feel very present you feel very in the moment even somewhere like the oscars yeah. even somewhere like hollywood bowl you really do you you're you're very grounded aren't you yeah 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 because I, I, I need to be and, and and if i find you know for example if i find that i'm not if i find that i'm not feeling as grounded as, as i need to be i will find something to do within that performance to ground myself so um when i was at the when I was at the Hollywood Bowl, um, I felt my legs shaking underneath me during one of the songs, and instead of just sort of like working through it and standing through it and having my legs shake underneath me, I just sat on the floor. I like I knelt down and sang the song from there, which meant that I could be really connected. Wow! And it, but it it meant that that uh, I guess a humanity was com communicated between me and the audience. And they, they felt more comfortable, I felt more comfortable, and I could sing the song I needed to until I felt strong enough to be on my feet again. So I did that. And at the Oscars, there was a moment where I sort of, I, I was standing with my legs together, so feet together, and I, it felt like I was going to topple over. So I just stood shoulder, shoulder width apart, so like I, which gave me like a really strong ground, and I felt really, really um, powerful in that. I just find the things, it, it, I start I start in a grounded place. And if I find myself drifting away from that, I just find the thing that will pull me right back. Because that's that way I'm not 
concentrating on, am I standing properly? Um, my feet are shaking or I, I'm, I'm in the music and I'm, I'm communicating with people there and then. That's what I try to do. Your mum must have been, we're going back to your mum again, but she must have been so insanely proud. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she, she's, she's amazing. She definitely is very, very proud. And she tells me every day oh. <laughs> that she's proud of me. Yeah. Even the little things, even like if I go for a run, I'm like, I went for a run today and I went, I did 10 miles. I'm really proud of you for going 10 miles. Well done. If I take, if I go, oh, today my feet were hurting and I decided to like take a break because well done for taking a break and listening oh, to your body. So she's very sweet. See, that's why you're, that's, you know, it's, it's learned stuff. You know, that's how yeah. like you say you really appreciate everything. Um, So, then let, let's go to, to now. We're going to go, actually, let's go to Aretha next because how extraordinary to then play somebody who you'd grown up listening to and that yeah. you'd met and that you were in awe of. And there you were. You really, you became her. She became, you became one with her. And I've seen, I've watched online many of the the performances in it and, I mean, it's incredible. It's not an impersonation. You have Thank become you. her. Thank you very much for saying it. Yeah, I, because I, I, I knew that that impersonation wasn't going to be my way in. There are people who do that very, very well. And you cannot tell them from the person. I just knew that wasn't, that wasn't going to work for me. It wasn't going to be the tool that I needed to tell the story as truthfully as I could. So I, I really, you know, concentrated on her sort of pace and rhythm and the way she sang and the, the, the choices that she would make within her music. And, the, you know, I, I know my voice and, and her voice are not the same. We have very different instruments, but I know that there are, there are choices that she made that I wouldn't make. So I tried to make sure that I paid attention to those very specific choices, those very specific breaths, those, you know, very specific riffs and trills and turns and pauses. And and I had I had a great time learning her. Like she was like a masterclass, you know, and, and just learning her story and, and being as open to whatever the ether can give me as I possibly can as it possibly could is, is what I was. I just wanted to make sure that I was available, wholly available to tell her story. Did, did how, when, when you're playing, um, I mean, you know, with Harriet and with Aretha, you know, these people who, who existed in our world and were very important in our world and the words that they spoke mm -hmm. were very important in our world. It, there must, you must feel quite a responsibility. Oh yes. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I, I'm glad you used that word cause that's the word I use that I feel a huge responsibility to, to try to tell the story as fully and as truthfully as I possibly can um, because it's their life in my hands. And I, you know, dead or alive, I want to try and make those people proud. It, it, my, in my head, I'm like, if they were to see this, would, they, would this make them proud? Um, and, and hopefully... That's the job I do. Um, and, and so I, I do feel a huge responsibility to try and tell this story as fully and as truthfully as I possibly can. Yeah. What are the, the um, 
Emmy, so for, for Aretha, it's an Emmy nomination. And as I said, met, you've won so many awards and you've been nominated for so many. How important are they? Um, to me, it's sort of half 50-50. They're really important and they aren't. They're really important because they sort of are a celebration of the work that you do and the celebration of the work that other people do. And often they, they you know, help bring your value up if we're being really practical. Um, but also they, they aren't the reason you do a job. I, I, I'm never doing a job to get a nomination. The nomination is a cherry on top. I'm always doing the job because I want to tell this particular story and I want to meet this person I get to play. That's, that has to be the reason. So when I say they're not important, I mean that that can't be the reason you do a job. That can't be the reason you play a character. It can't be the reason you do, you do a project, project. because that, there's no, that's not as fulfilling as doing the, the job or playing the character to tell the story or because you you like this character or because you don't like this character or because the character intrigues you or because this character feels important to you or because, and for me, my, one of my favorite things is if I've never met this person before, would I want to have a conversation with them? And if the answer is yes, then I want to play them. Oh, wow. Okay. And that can be somebody you don't, you don't necessarily like, of course, because you want to ask yeah. questions of that yeah. person. Exactly. Exactly. Do you say no to things? Yes, because I know in the beginning it must be in the beginning you you know when you're when you're starting out you what you you feel that you have to say yes and you want to say yes because you're learning, but now are you able to say no? Yes, yeah, and but I but I I've been saying no for a, for a long time. Wow, um, I, I had to, it, that because that takes practice. Yes, and it's the first difficult. time you do it is really scary. <laughs> yeah, it's really scary the first time you do it. Really, really scary, and you sort of go, "What if me saying no means I won't get another chance?" You will, you will. Every time you say no, it just makes room for a yes. So it's okay to say no. If you really in your heart, in your gut, think this isn't right, don't do it. Because all that will happen is if you do go and do this job, you will spend the entire time thinking, I don't want to do this. Why did I say yes to this? And that's a worse feeling than saying no. So I know that you've you've done a kid's book. We're going to talk about that. But yes. your, your first children's book, but why aren't you doing, and I don't want to use the word self-help, okay, because I think there's that has a derogatory term, but what you put on your socials, and uh, because I, I know you, and we've, we have mutual friends, we've sat in a pub garden at friends' birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> you have this extraordinary, um, you've got a wiseness beyond your years. You are, I, you. I'm sitting here nodding to everything you're saying. I feel, you make me feel very <laughs> emotional. And, and it's not just eight years ago when I first met you. It's not just in our friends, at our friends party. You, you have an extraordinary power and, and I mean, and power for good. You really for good. And I, Thank you. there's a, there's another book there. Surely you're going to be uh, doing a book. And, and I know you've got your album and the, and the words of the songs are very powerful, but, but you can yeah. really help people, you know, you could really, passionately help people you can make people feel good about their lives and you can make young black women realize that it can happen for them and anybody you have this extraordinary power I, I can't and I mean power in the right way I don't mean 
you yeah. know, I'm handing over power and you're going to take it and run with it. That's not what I mean. You're a you're an extraordinary soul. And I know I say that to you every time I see you. <laughs> but you're very wise and deep beyond your years. Thank you. I mean, and I may, you know, I think at some point, because I do know that I want to write more. One, I know I want to write more children's books because I really enjoyed doing that process. And I do want to write books that are specifically for for adults who are just like trying to find their space, their place. Yes. yes. Um, and, and I think it's just going to be a process. I think I'm going to, I want to take my time. So I do it right, you know, um, and there's no perfect way of doing it, but I want to make sure that when I finally sit down to do it and I'm, I keep making notes and when I finally sit down to, to, to do that book, I have the space and the, the, the brain space as well to commit to it in the way I want to. Um, and I think I'm just going to set myself up in a way, maybe by the end of the year, I'll I'll create like sections of time that are just dedicated to to writing something. And I, at first I think I'm just going to write and see what happens. And then I can collate after that. But but thank you for saying that. And I, I think it sort of, that actually helps me really sort of clarify what, I, what another sort of step in my, life can be um because I really do want to help people I really do want to 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 do good you know I I all of this can't just be for being in front of people it really is for trying to to help people as well yeah because you're so outspoken and you say what you think but for all the right reasons I'm going to applaud you forever I really am okay let's go to the children's book then so this is now it's remember to dream yeah remember to dream Eber Eber is my sister's middle name yeah so tell us, so it is the same thing as the quote that we started with, the biggest dream is never yeah. too big. Yeah, and, and, and it's sort of like, I, I was asked to write a kid's book a really long time ago, maybe like, I want to say three, four years ago. And at first I, was, I said no, because, um, and you know me by now, I didn't, I didn't want to do it if I wasn't doing it myself. I didn't want to do a book if I wasn't actually writing the book. Um, I didn't want to put down someone else's words. I didn't want someone else to ghostwrite it for me. And then I just put my name on it. I really, if I was going to do it, I was going to do it fully. So I said no for a little bit. And then one day I I had put it down, left it alone, didn't think about it at all. And one day I was getting ready. I was in LA, I was doing meetings and whatnot. And I think I was getting ready to, to leave the house. And as I was getting ready, I was in the shower. It sort of dropped in like a lightning bolt. Just the idea came fully formed into my brain and I got ready, like ran out the shower, put a towel on, sat down on my bed and grabbed my iPad and my iPad pen and just wrote the book, like wrote the pages of the book. What? You're kidding me. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I kid you not. And if you like, I have, I have the, the pages in my iPad to this day, um, because I still, in a way, I'm like a traditionist when it comes to actually writing. And when it comes to writing the book, hopefully I'll, I'll come, get out of that habit and type. But I really do write everything. So all of, like the songs I wrote were written by hand. I write each song by hand because my brain is faster than my, my, my hand. So writing it down means like I don't have to take too long. Um, so I wrote this story and I, I just sort of knew that it was about dreaming and dreaming in detail because I realized that it was something I was doing 
all the time. And I, I thought, well, it doesn't make sense if I, I should share this. And I wanted to share it with children. And so I wrote this story down. And as we were going through the process, we found um, the illustrator, the first illustrator that came on wasn't quite right. The, the illustration wasn't the, the way I wanted it. And so I went back in and said, hey, we need to find another illustrator. I need to find different examples. And Chanel Pinkney Barnett came on and she was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted because I wanted the book to feel like a gift. I wanted it to feel like something that you could keep forever. So even if you, when you have the book, the front cover is one cover. When you open the book, the, the cover underneath is something else, but it also feels like a gift. The title is on both covers. So if you lose the paper cover, the, the cover underneath the hard cover still has the title. So you still have that there. It, within the book, there's a, an author's note that I wrote um, for anybody reading the book, not just for children. Um, and it is really just to, to remind people that they're special, that their dreams are valid, and that they should keep dreaming. And anytime they feel small, feel like they're not confident, that this book is the thing that they can come back to to remind themselves that, that they're more than that. You're going to make me cry again. You do know that. Um, <laughs> from that book, then, you also have your debut album. And you've, re- you know, uh, as I said, while we were waiting for you, we were listening to The Good and we were listening to Alive. Um, incredible. Again, it's words. And they, from the very, yeah. from the very first note, you do that. I do sound like some mad, crazy super fan, but... I, <laughs> But but it gets into your soul again. The words you just know what you're what you want to say. I don't want to waste words. That's why. So nothing is wasted. Nothing. Every time I put pen to paper, it's an opportunity to speak to someone, speak to something that I've experienced, share something that I've experienced. Nothing is ever wasted on purpose. So I guess, yeah, I I do, and also I I. I love being able to use words this way, like putting them to song and putting them to melody and creating little books. And it, it's, you know, I guess it's like my, my weapon of choice in the best possible way, you know? Um, so that's, that's, I guess why, why I have a way with them because they're, they're mine. And, you know, they're uh, people, I consider myself a writer, but I don't consider myself someone who can write film and TV that would be your next thing. I don't know that I will. I don't think that's my portion. And I'm, I'm very okay with, with letting someone else do that. I'm good with sitting down and, and helping with an idea. I'm good with prose, but I don't know that I'm good with script. So, so it's just something that I've always enjoyed. Even when I was younger, my, one of my favorite lessons was English sitting down and it was English literature that I really loved storytelling, writing stories, reading stories, explaining stories, breaking stories down and telling people, getting people to understand the meaning of them. That's just something I've like always loved doing. And so the fact that I get to do it for my life is kind of awesome. Yeah. So this is released. So your album chapter one versus one, it's released the 17th of September. Yeah. Um, and there, as I said, extraordinary words there. And you've worked with people who also, I mean, you and Michaela Cole, I'm go- that's I told you I was going to go all over the place, but we're going back to chewing gum, and that was some years yeah. ago. But she's another person who writes 
And the way she writes is extraordinary. She goes, it gets straight to you, straight to where she wants you to feel it. And that yeah. must have been amazing to work with her. Oh my God. Michaela, we, we just did an interview um, uh, a while ago together. And that was, as you can imagine, emotional because we've known each other, we discovered for 15 years. We've oh known my each word. other. For, yeah, for 15 years, we've known each other. She was the first person to give me uh, a speaking role on TV. Uh, in chewing gum and and that was one of the most amazing because she trusted me and small or big the role it it felt like someone finally was like you you belong here you're allowed to be here come and do this with me and it just meant everything and the fact that we've sort of our, our relationship has has grown um we in its in its sort of like a flourishing space right now and the, the idea that both of us are nominated in the same category together the same year uh, for for the Emmys yes, is kind yeah. of incredible. Um, and both of us, when we, when we were nominated, she was in the forest somewhere filming something and I was in New York somewhere. So we kept trying to like contact each, each other. She was like, I'm in the forest, I can't get to you. I was like, I'm dying, there's no signal where I am. But we finally managed to just like look at each other and go, babe, look at where we are. Look at what we've done. Um, I'm, I'm very very proud, very pleased, very lucky to have her in my life. Um, uh, and I hope we have many more years ahead of us because she's just incredible. And I hope we get to work together again. Oh, you must. I hope we get to get, I think the, the both of us are sort of like yes. hoping that we can figure out something to, together again because I think that would be really fun. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, do it. And also, uh, Widows, there you were in Widows. You were brilliant in that. I loved you in that. Thank you. I do sound Thank like a super fan. I actually, we might have to take some of these out because it really <laughs> does sound like a super fan. But, uh, but again, working with a brilliant writer and brilliant director, brilliant mm -hmm. um, other artists in that, you know, incredible people to be around. That felt like a, um, like a, a masterclass and a lesson doing that film. Because if you imagine, that was my first film. That was your first film? Uh, it was, that was my very first film. It was the first film wow. I did. Yeah, first film, Super Queen is at the helm. Uh, you have Viola Davis there, Michelle Rodriguez. You've got Connor Firth. It was, it was like, it was just crazy. So I, I was the newbie on, on, on set. So I just was consistently paying attention, listening to everyone and paying attention to what people were doing and watching Viola when she was in her scenes and watching Michelle when they were in their scenes and just learning, really just learning. Because that's what these opportunities are for. When you're on a set with people like that, all you're doing is learning. It was the same when I was I did a film called Bad Times at the El Royale, and that was with Jeff Bridges, and all I did was learn. I just was there learning. He was it like it was us most of the time. She, he was my scene partner. He was the person that I was spending most of my time with, which is wild and crazy, but he is incredible. And it was the most amazing thing to just share space with Jeff Bridges. Do, do, do you know what? I'm going to let you in. I just, I, he was my crush. Growing up, he was my don't crush. Don't blame you. Oh, my God. Don't blame you. Oh, everything. Yeah, I had him on my school books. <laughs> just I do not blame you. He's one him. of the most, he's one of the most charismatic, oh. sweet 
human beings I have ever met. He's wonderful. I'm blushing. This is hysterical because that's one of my, <laughs> seriously, I, and I remember being interviewed um, years and years and years ago when I first started out and they were saying, who's the person you'd most like to meet? And I said, oh, Jeff Bridges. It's never happened. But I'm now that little bit closer because I'm, I know you and you, of course, and that's what I was, I was saving this. You see, I was saving this for later on so I could really embarrass myself. <laughs> I'm so pleased he was as gorgeous as, as I imagined. <laughs> oh my God, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. And the loveliest person, you know, he takes pictures on set all day. So he, and by the end of it, you have this uh, book full of memories of the, of, the, of the time you spent there. It's really wonderful. Well, he makes the books up for you. He makes the books. Oh, yeah. Jeff. So I have a book full of pictures uh, during the time we were on Bad Times at the RAR. And and our last, and like the last pages of the book are he and I, because the last, um, like the last day was pretty much me and him. That's it. The last scene of the film is he and I. Um, There is a, you can hear, I have turned into that, a teenager who's just like, you're talking about it. It's very funny how you st- can always go back to those teenage years. Um, and yeah. then, then the next thing you're doing, now have you filmed this or have you filmed Pinocchio already? We filmed it, yeah. Oh, we filmed it, yeah. How was that? It was so cool. It was so magical. It's so crazy because a lot of it is blue screen, but you're like, that doesn't take away from how magical it is. Like, I, like I was a blue fairy and I was flying yes. and I had a wand and I was singing When You Wish Upon a Star. It just was like... So awesome. It was so awesome to, to be that, to do that. I, yeah, I, I, it was a dream come true. Please, will, okay, you're going to hate me. You're going to hate me, but you know I always make you sing a little bit. Uh, to please, because you just, just sort of something, even when you wish upon a star, something or a bit of your album, will you just do a little bit? Just a weeny, weeny little bit of singing. Okay, let me see if I can, what, what do I want to do? Yes! Oh yeah, I'll do a little, there's a song called Glowing Up on that album um, that I can do for you. Let's see. Staring to see a picture of me But it's too hard to look in my eyes I know I'm ashamed of my fun What I left behind What I worked for so long to hide But in the end I know what's incredible is the chance to change myself Cause diamonds won't shine Till they've been buried alive But I've been in the rough For long enough Tonight I'm glowing up And diamonds can't sparkle Till they find light they can follow the pressure gets tough for just long enough. Tonight I'm glowing up, glowing up, glowing up. <laughs> You've done it again, every time. <laughs> You're amazing. That voice. Thank you. That, so are you. No, but that <laughs> voice is just incredible. Oh, my goodness me, Cynthia. Blimey. Um, on this podcast, you, you actually have got two. That's really embarrassing. Um, especially <laughs> the last bit that I want to ask you is we all, ah, we always ask everybody on this podcast um, what makes them properly belly laugh. Now, I have seen you yeah. lose it um, 
it was at Gok's birthday, so there we go. But uh, and yeah. we were giggling about something strange that happened. But um, what makes you properly, properly belly laugh? It's not really even like obviously it's the way people say certain things. It's the way people say things. So last night I was watching RuPaul's Drag Drag Race, and um, <laughs> and. <laughs> They, there's, there's, but what's happening is that there's a game within a game going on right now. And they've just discovered that. So it's like the final five who are like, they're, they're in the final. And then all of a sudden this thing comes up and says, by the way, there's a game within a game. And the advert goes, and it's, a, this is a swear word. So I'm so sorry. That's all right. One of the, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the contestant goes, Oh, really, bitch? And I just, I don't know what it is about the way this person said it. I just fell out laughing watching this person doing it. I think it's always the way people do things. For me, it's because it, it could be the simplest thing, but it's just the way people say it. That makes me laugh. Um, episodes of New Girl makes me make me laugh. There's an episode of, um, if, I think it's Thanksgiving. Um, the character Schmidt, um, says something about his LASIK eye. It's just ridiculous. The thing is ridiculous and that makes me laugh. So I laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And and laughter is the best medicine, but I think uh, so, yeah. so are you. Um, Cynthia, you really are Thank wonderful. You. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, congratulations on all that you've done and all you've got to come because it's just, it's going to grow and grow. Thank you. So the 17th of September is the album. 28th of September yeah. is the kids' book. And then um, Pinocchio, when's Pinocchio opening? I have no idea. I don't know yet. But when I do know, I'll let you know. I don't know yet. Well, whatever, And also in between that as well, um, may you win every award. Not not for any other reason that you deserve it. Um, not, I know thank that's you. not why you do all of these things. But bless you and thank you so much. And um, please send thank your you. mum my love. I will. I will. Thank you very much. Thank you. It means a lot. Bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, I promise you lots of laughs as I chat to the hilarious Josh Widdicombe. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Could you please tap the follow or subscribe button? And thanks so much for your amazing reviews. We honestly read every single one and they mean the world to us. Thank you so much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.